Hello and welcome to the Deception Tips Podcast, where you will learn amazing cues to detect deceit that will help you read people like never before. I'm your host, Spencer Kaufman. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Deception Tips Podcast. This is episode 18. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to leave a review. It really helps me out and helps get other people to find and discover this great podcast. So take the time to do that. It only takes a few minutes and I'd really appreciate it. Last time we talked about a cool thing that you can notice when people are telling their stories. We talked about how liars often use more details in their stories than truth tellers. One of the main reasons of this is because they are trying to convince not only the target but also themselves of the lie. As a result, they're using detail after detail to try to paint a more vivid picture. And the reason this is done is speculated because when we read fiction books, we see that imagination going. We see those vivid pictures painted for us so that we can really get into the story and put ourselves there. We can see and feel exactly what's happening and exactly what the author is trying to tell us. It only makes sense then that when we're telling a fictitious story that we naturally incorporate those details as well because that's what we're used to. So when people lie, they include a lot of details and that's something for you to pay attention to and watch out for. And liars try to convince themselves and the target of their lie. That is a very important point. Use other tactics that we've learned such as accepting lies, like liars will accept a lie that you tell them, so give them some details. Start to pretend you believe their story in order to get them to divulge more or to run with the details that you give them. You could give them an entirely fictitious detail that you know is a lie, and then they will start to run with that, and you can say, well, I know they're lying now because the thing that I gave them was completely a lie, and now they're incorporating it into their story and going on and on about it. Now you know they're lying. Today, we are going to talk about a different sign of deception that we've hinted on a couple of times before, and it happens all the time when people get involved in scandals or when there are things of accusations of dealing with people and they lie about whether or not they dealt with them or did business with them or are involved with them, etc. Today, we are going to talk about something called distancing language. Now, distancing language is when people use certain words in a certain way to separate themselves from certain individuals. Examples of this would be like that man or that woman, something along those lines. So here it is, deception tip 18. Liars often use distancing language when speaking about someone they would like to avoid being associated with. Example, that man instead of his name. Here it is again, deception tip 18. Liars often use distancing language when speaking about someone they would like to avoid being associated with. Example, that man instead of his name. We see this all the time with sexual scandals typically involving politicians. One I'm sure comes to mind for you right away because we've talked about it before. And in his statement, there are so many lying behaviors that it was obvious he was lying. This is the Bill Clinton-Monica Lewinsky scandal when he says, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. When we've talked about this before, I've pointed out many signs. You notice his hand gesture. If you watch the video clip on YouTube, 
You can see his pointing gesture. We talked about how gestures and speech need to be in unison. They need to be congruent with one another. They should happen at the same time. They need to be symmetrical and simultaneous. This was in episode 12 when we talked about simultaneous gestures, how when people use their body language to emphasize what they're saying, their arms or their fingers or whatever needs to point and move at the same time they're saying the words. If you watch the video clip again on YouTube about Bill Clinton when he said that, you'll notice that his fingers were a little bit off with what he was saying. In addition, when you listen to the audio, you will hear the did not, where he separates that out. We talked about that a long time ago in episode number five when we talked about contractions and how liars often separate the contraction to add more emphasis to their statement. So when he said did not, that could be a lying gesture or a lying behavior. In addition, the final one he used, and there could be more if you look at his face or other things, his different body language, but the final one that we can talk about right now is when he said that woman. He distanced himself from her by saying that woman. The normal scenario would have said, no, I didn't have sexual relations with Monica or with Miss Lewinsky or whatever, but he called her that woman. And this happens a lot when you see distancing language in politicians and also in the workplace or in business deals where people would say, no, I would never associate with that man or I would never think about going into business with that person. Examples like that where people distance themselves from other people. Now, when they do use those distancing terms, sometimes it can be truth such as, I would never go into business with that person. Well, that's probably a truth because you haven't gone into business with them yet, but you are distancing yourself from them. So when people use distancing language in a lie, it is an attempt to mirror the truthful distancing language that people use. It's an attempt to make people better believe those lies because distancing language is used by definition to distance people. So if I say I would never go into business with that person, well, that means, number one, I really don't like that person because I didn't use their name or I didn't use their business name. Obviously, I don't like them. And by saying that person instead of their company or their firm or whatever, that tells you that I don't like them. But then I say I would never go into business with them. That emphasizes again on the fact that I don't like them. Why wouldn't I go into business with them? Well, there could be a number of reasons. Maybe I do like them, but that would be why I don't go into business with them because we're friends. But then I would not say that person. I would usually say, well, I would never go into business with my friend or I would never go into business with them because he's my friend. You wouldn't distance yourself from them. Distancing language is typically done when the circumstances are not favorable, when you don't like that person, you don't get along, etc. So this is a huge deal because when Distancing language is used in truth, it is a separate, it is distant from them. But when it is used in lying, it's often to cover up the fact that they have done something together and they are trying to distance themselves. We're going to talk a lot more about this coming up next. Do you ever wonder if that smile from the person you're interested in is sincere? Or is it merely polite? Spencer knows he's published groundbreaking research on smile detection and his books can give you more insight into what that person is really feeling. It is important to note that distancing language can be a natural part of speech and behavior when it is used in certain circumstances. However, 
when it is used, it is really something that shouldn't be used at all because it's a distance. It puts separation and walls between you or whomever is speaking and the other people that they are speaking about. For example, when people often join a new job or they start to start a new term on a board or an elders group or something like that when they join a board of directors, oftentimes new members will use distancing language when talking about the group. They'll say you guys or certain things that they're really not a part of. It's kind of indicating that they're still not used to being there. They use distancing language when they first join that board. Now, as they start to identify more with that organization and that group, they start to make some friends, they start to feel like they're a part of the elders, or they start to feel like their opinion matters, then they start using more inclusive language, such as things like we or our or us, things like that. They start to call it their stuff, whereas when they're not, they start using more distancing language until they feel comfortable. This is important because that is natural for people to experience and for people to do. Until they feel like they're a part of whatever group they're in, they use distancing language because they're still talking about a group that they don't feel like they belong in, so they feel distant from it. This is very important. A good tip when adding new members or when adding people to your group Use inclusive terms and encourage them to feel welcome and to feel like they're a part of it so that they don't use that distancing language. Now, it's not a lie when they use it because they truly don't feel like they're a part of that. So this is a very, very good indicator. When people use distancing language in normal conversation or when they're talking about something that they're involved in, pay attention to that because if they're using that, then unconsciously they may not feel like they belong there or they may not feel like they are a valuable part of that group or a valued member. So if you are in that group, what can you do to make them feel like they belong or make them feel a little bit more valuable? They're using distancing language for a reason. And if it's not because they're lying, then it's because they truly don't feel like they belong. So make them feel welcome. Make them feel like they belong. Either that or kick them out because then they don't belong or they don't want to belong. Whatever the case may be, it's either they don't feel like they belong or they don't want to belong and they're tired of being there. Either way, something needs to be done to change that distancing language so that it becomes more natural. Now, when people lie, like we said, they use distancing language to purposefully distance themselves from the situation. I would never go to that place. I would never eat at that establishment instead of I would never go to whatever restaurant or I would never eat at Burger King or whatever examples you want to put in. In addition, a lot of times people who are invested in certain situations and are talking with other people, maybe they're talking with someone who isn't involved in that situation. So for example, let's say you are a board on ABC Corporation, you're a board member, and you're talking with someone else who's maybe working with that corporation or who works there, and they're not a board member, but yet there's a conversation about some kind of a board function, a little party, a meet and greet or something, and you say, well, we should have a beer at that place. And they say, oh, we totally should. They're really not included in your board, but you're talking about we as in you're going to bring them and help them feel included. That's normal. Whereas oftentimes it could be something like we should have a beer at that party. Well, I'm not a part of that board, so I shouldn't. That's a distance. Pay attention to that because if they use things like inclusive terms, 
such as our, we, and together, us, then you know that they can be a part of it. They feel like they're a part of it. They feel like they belong. Now, this is unconscious. In addition, that's more truthful. It's more honest. It's more a sense of unison. It's a belongingness. Whereas, on the other hand, if they use terms like his, her, that, and other distancing language, then you know that they don't feel like they're a part of it. Or it could be something where they may be lying and they may not feel like they belong or they're just not telling the truth and they don't want to belong. They're separating themselves from them. A common example would be something like if someone is a board member and they're talking to another board member or a group and they say, when is your annual meeting? Well, you're a part of the board. It should be when is our annual meeting. So you know something's not right. They don't feel like they belong there. So a little tip for you is when you join a group or an organization or you start to get involved with other people or you have a team or anything like that, start using more inclusive language. If you hear people using some distancing language within that group, counter it with we or our or us or things like that. Or if someone says that they want to be distant or they're using that distancing language, implying, saying like, uh, why don't you do this or how about you guys do that and they're still a part of it, you could counter that with your own distancing language such as like, yeah, you should. And then maybe they'll kind of realize like, oh yeah, I guess I shouldn't be putting everything on everybody else. Instead, it should be us and we. So use those and follow up all the time if people start to be distant and they're not fully committed because their language will reflect their commitment to that group. So if you see that, correct people. Say, yeah, you should do this. Or if they say you should, say, uh, we should. Because they need to know they're a part of that group and they are belong to that group and that they are an important part of that group. And when people are lying, pay very, very close attention to the distancing language because it's happening for some reason. And usually when it's lying, it will be more along the lines of that woman or that person. And you'll also hear it in the tone of their voice. They're going to say things usually with the term that or I would never do anything with that person. It's not going to be I would never do anything with her because her is more of a, it's a closer. They're going to use a farther out term such as that person or that business or that establishment, etc. So keep that in mind. The point is always pay attention to distancing language. If you see it or if you hear it happen, then look for other behaviors as well because if there aren't any other behaviors present, then it's more of a possibility that they're truly feeling distant from whatever they're talking about, and then maybe something needs to change. However, if there are other behaviors present, then you know they're lying, and something can be done about that as well. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Deception Tips Podcast. I encourage you to share it with your friends, subscribe to the feed, follow the Deception Tips blog, and take a look at the books I have available. And as always, tune in next week for a new Deception Tip.